God, thank you for this day. Um, thank you that we have uh, a family that we can come together and worship you with, that we can pray with, and that we can open your word. Uh, God, I pray that you would work in us to make us more like you. Uh, in Jesus' name. Well, uh, last week we started our series on prayer, and if, uh, if you weren't here, Tim did a great job uh, just walking us through, like, who we pray to. And with the prayer starts, like, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he did a great job of just saying when we're to pray, Jesus laid out, like, we are to go to God our Father. And... Uh, what all that means, and he did a great job walking through that. And if, if you didn't, if you weren't here to catch it, go back and listen to the podcast. It was um, it was great, and uh, we're going to take the next step and move into the next sort of line. And and really, it's like it's eleven words. The last time I preached, it was like two chapters, and this time it's only eleven words. But there's so much here, and so much for us to gain from from this little part. So if you will stand with me and and turn to Matthew chapter six. And I believe it will be on the screen as well. And uh, ordinarily, like, we don't read together, but this week I would like for us to read together. So either in your Bibles or or up here on the screen. Uh, So let's read together. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Amen. You can be seated. That went great. That's my, that's, that's on me. Um, but this, this is a prayer and uh, it is a good prayer to have memorized and like, a lot of us have memorized, and you might have memorized a little different version. That's why we got tripped up there. Uh, but uh, it's not merely to be used for the sake of memorization or, or repeating. Like it, It's a model laid out for how we are to pray, how we are to approach God. Uh, this week, we'll really only be looking at um, verse 10, which is, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So it's a, it's a short verse, and, and a lot of times, you know, it, it's just like, yeah, like, God's kingdom and God's will. But what does that really mean? Why, why should we start our prayers that way? One, with knowing who we're praying to, God our Father, and then two, starting this. And I think this really sets the tone for what our prayers should be. And uh, I'll ask you this. How many of you know someone who something happened in their life, and they say, I prayed, and God didn't answer, so now I don't believe in God? Like, we've all, like, and, and you may even have been there yourself at some point, where you're like, I prayed, and nothing happened, so now I don't believe. And I think we'll, at the end of, of today's discussion, hopefully have a better idea of, of how to respond to those types of things, and what prayer is actually here to do. So, what's it mean? And God's kingdom come, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, that means that in, in heaven, it's going on right now. God's kingdom's there. His will is being done. It's a perfect place. Everything is the way that it's supposed to be right now. And we're to pray to that end here on earth. And so when we think about God's kingdom and his will, I want us to think about two things. And uh, 
just to make it easy, his kingdom is his goal. That's the end goal, right? Where God, like, he is king of everything. Everything's the way it should be. It's like heaven. Everything's perfect. His goal. And then his will is his game plan. That's how, like, that's how this comes about. And so kingdom is his goal. Will is his game plan. And then how it comes about is similar in that uh, it happens, one, in a person. So it's you, his person. And then his people, his church. And then his planet, like broadly. And so when you think about the kingdom of God, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 says this, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So he is to be the king, the ultimate king, and will be one day over everything, but it starts in you, where he becomes the king of your life, where he makes those decisions, where he is the Lord of your life, and you trust him and say, I'm going to put my trust in you, you're going to be my king. And then that spreads to his people, so his church. And churches that do well and are healthy are ones full of people saying, we are going to pursue God's kingdom. We're going to pursue this to the glory of God. We're going to do everything that we can to bring glory to God as a people. And so we're going to mobilize as a people and do that stuff in our community. And that's how the church works. And then eventually, one day, God, Jesus will come back and set up his kingdom here on earth. There's a thousand-year reign where uh, Satan is bound and Jesus will set up his kingdom here on earth and rule as king. And so those, you can see how, like, kingdom expounds, like that goal expounds, like, and it starts in a person. And so if his kingdom isn't here, this prayer is a prayer rebelling against what's happening in the world today. A lot of times we think, like, oh, God's kingdom's come, and, like, that'll happen one day, and we're, like, we're just going to sit back and, and wait for it. But this isn't a passive prayer of like sitting back and, and waiting for that to eventually happen. This is a prayer of rebelling against the world, rebelling against brokenness, rebelling against all those things that we see around us that make the world imperfect, that all those problems that sin has caused. And so that is God's like, that's God's goal. And it's his goal to become Lord of your life, to become Lord of your church, and then eventually become Lord of this planet. And that happens by his people constantly pursuing that goal, with that end goal in mind. And so let's talk about the game plan, God's will. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what, like, what's God's will and his ultimate goal is for his glorification. That's what it's ultimately about. It's what is going to bring him the most glory. And where we, get, where we get sideways is when we put ourselves at, at the center. And we go, well, like, how is this going to work out for me? How is this going to play out for my story? How is this going to, like, how does this work out where, where I come out on top? But what we have to be in constant pursuit of is his, his kingdom and then his will. How, like, how are the things that are going to come about, how will those things bring the most glory to God? So, uh, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7 says this, Everyone who is called by my name, 
whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. We were created for his glory. Hard stop. That's why we're here. And that I have, I have a lot of people who, uh, who talk to me every once in a while about things that they consider to be unfair or, or not right, and, and they're like, well, how can, how can this person have this and, and this broken situation over here is going on? And that's because we aren't at the center of it. God is at the center of it. It's to bring Him glory. And so the things that He allows to happen, the things that He allows to take place, are to bring Him glory, are to show His power and His might and His perfection. Isaiah 43, 21 says this, The people whom I have formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. That's what God is doing. He's constantly forming us and shaping us, and our life impacts us in such a way that if we turn to Him at every, at every stop and we turn to Him at every opportunity, then our life becomes more and more and more an illustration of who God is and what He does. That's His will. Like That's what He wants to bring about and how He brings it about uh, in a person uh, to shape you as an individual for his glory. Second Peter 3 verses 9 says this, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So understand that God wants to reach every person. It is his will that every person be reached. And it is up to us to adhere to his goal, to adhere to what he has, to adhere to to his mission, his goal, and his game plan and get out of our own little circles where we run, where I chase all the things that I think I need to chase down and I do all the things that I think need to be done so that at the end of the day, I can start all over and do it all over again. Rather than having this long-term goal in mind, his people... God wants to shape his church into a body that brings glory to him. Uh, Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present to the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. That's God's will for the church. And I think too often we, we become okay with things being off. Like we become okay with, with complaining or, or infighting or things just not being good. And we get complacent when it's God's will for the church to be perfect. It's God's will for the church to be this example, to be this light in the world where people go, I don't understand how all those people get along so well and how they love so well and how they just chase after this God thing. I don't get it. That's what we should be, but when we get caught up in our own, in our own devices and, and what we think, we get lost in it and we, and we lose that will, we, we lose that larger picture and we, we fall away. And then his planet, God wants to shape his planet to bring him glory. Uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. Uh, then there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, 
and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. So Jesse is the father of David, so we're talking about Jesus here. So this is, uh, this is a shoot from the stump of Jesse, Jesus, and this is uh, how he will make the world one day. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall, die, shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fat calf together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze together, their young shall lie down together, the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Jesus is going to come back and, and set up the new earth, and it's going to look like this. All the brokenness and all, and all the hardship and all the destruction that goes on will be gone and will put an end to that's his will, like that's his will for his planet, and so we see it, we see it cascade out in this way of, of his, his goal and his game plan, and then his will, like, in our person, and then in his people, and then in his planet, and this, this fighting the brokenness of, of what's going on, and what you have to understand that if we pray in this way, and if we start our prayers in this way, then we don't bend God to what we want, but he reshapes us into his will. That's how the will of God works. Is that when we pursue it and when we run after it, he builds those desires in us. And his priorities become our priorities because we are reshaped and reformed to be more and more like him. And that happens through prayer. That's where we have to start. That's, that's why we start our prayers this way. We come to God our Father and we say, God, I don't want my goals. I don't want my plan. I want your goal and your plan and I want you to walk it out in the way that you want to walk it out. Amen. And I'm going to trust you in that. And, and he will be faithful to form you up in that way. And there's been a lot of times in my life when when we were in the hospital with Hollis, I prayed and prayed and prayed for that we would know what was going on and then prayed for a miracle. And, and that didn't happen, but God's will happen because we're able to bring glory to him. Because he shaped things in a way that people now know about him and they know how awesome of a God he is because he took a guy who was kind of a scrub and put him through something really hard that was more than he could ever handle and brought him out on the other side so that he could tell you about it. Amen. And that's how God's will works. We don't, we don't come into prayer with a list of things that we want to see happen and, and expecting like that God is some kind of genie that will, will just grant us these wishes as long as we do all the things that are right. 
I know for a long time in my life, I, I saw prayer as transactional, right? Like, if, well, if, I'm, if I go to church and I read my Bible and I do these things, then, like, God owes me a solid, and so then if I pray for this, like, then that'll, like, that'll happen because it, it's supposed to. I did, like, you know, like, but that is seeing God as, uh, as a renter. Um, Keller had, Tim Keller had uh, this great illustration of if you, if you went and lived in a house and somebody saw you as family, then you would do what they would ask you to do and you would live there and, and you would feel freedom and, and they would feel freedom to ask of you and, and there would be this family relationship. But if you went and rented, then it's a straight up transaction. I pay you for this space and you stay out of it. And as long as I pay you, you like you have to let me be there. If I stop paying you, you can kick me out. And if I'm taking up more space, you can get on to me. But it's this. And too often we see prayer as this transaction with, with a renter where we're renting from God or we're saying, I do all this stuff. And so then you give me stuff. But that's not what prayer is. Prayer is us going to God our Father and saying, God, I trust you. I trust you for your ultimate goal, and I trust you for your game plan to get there, and help me align to that. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to fight and rebel against all the things that are going on in the world and all the brokenness that's going on in the world, and I'm going to fight it every day and every way that I can, and I'm going to do that by bringing glory to you and by constantly pursuing you and constantly looking to be shaped more and more into who you want me to be. Uh, Romans 2 chapter uh, Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 says this, I appeal to, I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may, decide, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. It's that pursuit of God's will. It's us offering ourselves as a living sacrifice, saying, I'm not going to live for me anymore. My goals don't matter. My game plan's out the window. I'm going to live for you. I'm a living sacrifice that's going to constantly pursue you and your goal, and your will, your kingdom, and your will. And that's how we get there. Isaiah 64, uh, verse 8 says this, But now, O Lord, you are our father, or we are the clay. You are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. And Philip Keller um, writes this amazing account of watching a potter at work. And he said he goes out to the shed, and, and I'm not doing it justice here. You should look it up. It, it's really compelling. But he says he goes out to the shed, and he pulls out this clay, and it stinks, and it, it's been festering, and it's just this pit of mud. And he pulls this clay out, and he puts it on a wheel. And he begins to spin the wheel, and begins to shape the clay, and he puts water on his hand, and he begins to shape it. And, this, and he makes these amazing goblets out of this clay. And that's what God wants to do for us. God wants to take you and shape you and mold you 
into the thing that will bring him the most glory. Into the thing that will tell all the people around you how great a God he is, not because of how sweet you are, but because of what he did in you. And so when you pray those prayers like I did and you don't get the answer that you want, it's not because God isn't answering you, but God is saying, I want to do a work in you. I want to work in your life and I want you to depend on me in a way that you didn't before. And I want to do that by putting you through something that you didn't think you could handle, by taking you to a place you never wanted to go, and by stretching you and molding you into the thing that I want you to be for my glory. So at the end of the day, people can say, man, there's no way that Jamin could have done that. There's no way. So God has to be real. And if you want to ask me how I know God's real, that's how. Because if he's not real, I'm not here today. So when we pray, know who you're praying to, God your Father, and then pray to his goal and his game plan. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray and, and we're going to worship some more. God, we just come to you and we thank you that you are our Father who loves us, that you care so much about us and that that you gave us a place to worship, you gave us your scripture, you gave us a model that we could pray by. God, I pray that we would be formed into your will. God, I pray that your goal would be at the, at the forefront of us for our person for our church, and for our planet. God, I pray that we would follow your game plan, that we would get in line, that we would toss aside all the things that make us run in circles, and we would run headlong to your goal, that we would rebel against the brokenness of the world, and that we would constantly pursue your will. In Jesus' name I pray. <coughs>